Hello, podcast listeners. You're listening to Young PR Pros, episode 110, Canadian Women in PR. gentlemen, welcome to Young PR Pros, a weekly podcast for the young and young at heart PR pros looking for tips and advice on how to build and advance their careers. I am Christine Darbell in Ottawa, Canada. I'm Ross Simmons in San Francisco, California. And I'm Claire Bonnyman in Toronto. So, as you heard, Ross is, we're all very jealous because he's in sunny, warm California. But you know what? I guess it's sunny, warm Ottawa as well. I don't know how it is in Toronto. Well, it's rainy, so okay. <laughs> I'm jealous well, of both of you. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, we've got great weather here. Uh, what about you, Ross? What are, what are you up to in uh, California? So I had an event yesterday called Signal. It was a Twilio conference, which is a big tech company. Uh, they brought a bunch of uh, innovators and technologists to um, kind of just have a big event surrounding some of their recent product announcements. And it was just a great chance to kind of connect with some people who I've connect- collaborated with over the years, along with sending tweets back and forth with. So it's always good to go from pixels to the flesh. So it was a, a great event and I'm here for another two weeks, um, shaking hands and meeting up with some clients and things like that. So it's uh, it's great to uh, get down to this side of the, the continent yeah. uh, every once in a while. <laughs> yeah. Sounds good. Well, today we've got an interesting topic. We were actually approached by an organization called Women in PR who just launched in BC, in British Columbia, uh, which is a province here in Canada, at the beginning of May. And they reached out to talk to us about a a subject that we've actually recently talked about, which is just women in public relations and women in the C-suite level and the gender parity. And uh, Ross, I think you were actually on the episode where where we talked about this. Um, I kind of wanted to start off because this can be an interesting topic, and I think it's great that we've got a mix of voices on today's podcast. So we have female, but we also have a male who's going to give his perspective. And I know, you know, our Prime Minister Justin Trudeau has come out and said that he's a feminist, um, and he's given his reasons behind that. But I'm all, I've always been curious. What, what's your view on on the, on this, Ross? Are you a feminist? I guess you could say I am. I'm all for equal rights, regardless of your background, your gender, your race, your sexual orientation or creed. It doesn't really um, matter to me. I think that there is, at the end of the day, a huge gap when you look at um, the communications industry. When you look at the gap in as it relates to like income, as it relates to uh, senior roles and a lot of the opportunities that exist. And I'm all for closing the gap and making it a level playing field for everyone. That's good. And what about you, Claire? Do you, do you think you would, I don't know, brand yourself as a a feminist or is that too strong of a word or where do you stand on this, uh, on this topic? No, I, I absolutely brand myself as a feminist. I think it's, it's really uh, feminism is something it's not just for women right so like everyone can be a feminist and it is all about bridging that gap and and making equal opportunity for everyone who's trying to enter the workplace and as someone who is you know attempting to enter the workplace now I think uh, I think the idea of kind of bridging that gap and making sure that everyone's getting a fair chance is uh, is really important to me so um, yeah definitely a feminist definitely really excited about today's topic 
So, um, and I guess I'll give my perspective on this. Um, I would consider myself a feminist as well. But to Ross's point, I'm also, you know, it's it's not I'm not just a feminist, but I'm I'm there for equal rights and equal pay for everyone, not just feminists, but different genders um, and sexual orientation. There should be no discrimination against any of that, and we should have an, a mix of different people at you know in the C-suite levels. And our current prime minister Justin Trudeau does an excellent job, not only just with the 50-50 gender parity in his cabinet, but he also has people from a wide different kinds of backgrounds, um, religions, uh, sexual orientations, um, and he had a really, really good mix, which is a really nice way to represent um, our country within his in his cabinet. And so, yes, I'm a feminist, but I'm also even more beyond that. I think it's it's we should have equal um, pay and equal rights for everyone in our country. So the reason why we're talking about this again, Women in PR uh, reached out to us and I talked to uh, Talia, who is their president and uh, chairwoman of the organization. And we talked about, you know, what does the organizing organization do? Um, how does it help the industry? And also some of the successes that they've already achieved as an organization. My first question for you, Talia, is what is Women in PR, this, this organization? What, what does it do and how does it, how does it help our industry? Yeah, so our organization was formed to enable women to establish credibility as PR industry leaders and become united in our PR careers. So we really felt that what we were missing in Canada was a network for women to come together and share resources um, and just collaborate on PR trends and uh, keeping up with other things in the industry. So, one of the one of the things that um, we like to do uh, on the show is kind of show examples of successes, organization successes. Mm-hmm. Um, what are some of the examples that you can share? Maybe it's a member of your organization. How has Women in PR really empowered someone in your organization? Empowered a woman to to change their industry, to change their little world, to change their job, whatever it may be? Well, we are a very new organization, uh, but our membership is growing. And at our launch event, one of our student members actually secured a job interview with a PR agency, um, and she's just in the process of graduating. So that was a huge milestone for her. And another member who works in the media industry has recently created a new business as a media trainer for PR professionals. And at our launch event, she was really able to see value in connecting with women that need her services through our network. Um, So I thought that was a unique angle. What I want to get across is that, you know, at our launch event, one of the main takeaways was everyone just felt so inspired to come together and just really feel united in their PR careers. So again, As we are a new organization, we don't have a ton of members just yet, but we're really growing and we're really trying to build that network. Women are really starting to see the value of, again, collaborating and just, you know, having someone to bounce ideas off of. And I think, you know, women have a really different way of communicating and they need a vehicle for that communication. So that's what Canadian Women in PR is trying to provide. So you just heard from uh, Talia, again, the president of Women in PR. And 
it, it was really refreshing talking to uh, Talia because it's, I think these kind of organizations are, are very important, especially facing, you know, uh, an issue um, such as women and PR. So what are, what are some of the, and, and Talia was talking about some of these issues, but what are some of the issues that you guys see in women in PR? And obviously, the, I mean, the first one that Talia mentioned is that there's a lack of women in the C-suite office. And obviously, you know, in general terms, you see, okay, yes, that sucks because there's not gender parity, but I want to go further. Like, why is it an issue that women are not in the C-suite level? What do you guys think about that? I think the main thing that it really comes down to for me is that Canada is a really diverse country. We are so multicultural and it's really important, I think, for the leaders and for the those in higher up positions to reflect the people that they're representing and leading. So when it comes to women in C-suite offices, I mean, we're a country that I, I don't know the specific breakdown, but I'm pretty sure at least half, if not more women. And not having that many women in leaders really... It represents kind of an issue, I think, because, you know, those are the people making the decisions for everyone else. Not always, obviously, but, you know, if there's not the people there that can fairly represent the people that they're making those decisions and leading for, I think it really strikes a question as to why other people get to make decisions for other people who they don't necessarily understand or know as well. That's a good point. What, what do you think? Like, what's what's like the, the meat of behind this issue? What, why, why do you think it's such an issue that there are not women in... Um in the C-suite level or in upper management? So for me, I think that the biggest issue is that if you don't have women in the C-suite, um, they have it's a less likelihood that you're going to start to see them take a perspective where they can understand the um, people who are working below them. So in those lower management positions, they're not going to have a great opportunity to kind of move up the ranks if there's no one who looks like them at the top. Because at the end of the day, whether we like it or not, in business, in organizations, in, in life, we connect with people who look like us. We connect with people who we can relate to and who we can share stories with that we feel can um, truly understand our perspective. So if you don't have women in the C-suite, then the people who are in a junior role aren't going to have somebody who they can look up to. They're not going to have someone who they can connect with on a more human level. So I think that it's important that we have more women in the C-suite because that will ultimately translate to a better organization as a whole. You know, my perspective about this is that and, and, and let's face it, we can be honest about, you know, men and women. We are wired differently. We see the world differently. And I think that having that lack of one or the other in the C-suite level is going to hurt your organization because women and men see the world differently and having those two different perspectives in the same room can really help shape an organization's future and their goals and how they communicate with the public. And I think it's really important to have the yin and the yang and the two sides of things. So, you know, it's, it's I don't want all of a sudden, it's, it's great to see more women, but we, we need that balance, right? We need both men and women up there. And right now we just have men. So we need to get those, those women up into the C-suite levels but I think it's just it's it's to to balance the perspective in this world and to just to get different different views and different uh, opinions again this is why it's it's also not just about women but just about you know different ethnicities as well and, and different backgrounds because the more different experiences that you have and bringing to the table I think the the more interesting and and the the, the better ideas are going to come out of a group of people who have different backgrounds, I find, because then you'll, you'll really get a view of everything instead of pigeonholing your, your conversation in, in this one little kind of circle of what everyone 
of the same background kind of thing. You have different backgrounds, different perspectives, different opinions, and that's going to give a richer um, decisions for your for your company and for your business. Yeah, it just makes great business sense. Like there's studies out there that actually yeah. show that diversity is good for business. So beyond all of the ethical side of things, it's better for business. Like your business will thrive if you have a more diverse workforce. And if the people at the C-suite level don't all look the same, then you're going to get those different perspectives, which ultimately give you more options for the way that you navigate a complex business world. Um, if you have a different opinion, if you have a different view, then it means that there's more opportunities for your organization to do things differently, which ultimately results in the increased likelihood that you're going to innovate and that you're going to be having an advantage over those companies that aren't being diverse. Exactly. Yeah. No, I think it's really important to note the value in multiple voices for sure. Yeah. So one of, one of the things, and I mentioned it earlier in today's episode, but one of the things that Talia and I discussed was how important this kind of, this group, this mix or, or, or her organization is and how it relates back to our uh, prime minister, Justin Trudeau. Why do you think it's important that women have this, have this network? So there's so many women working on public relations. We actually have more women employed in PR than we do as nurses. But the reality is that there are very few women who are in senior leadership positions at large organizations. So this is something that our organization is really working to change. Uh, in addition to highlighting the gender imbalance in our profession, we're working to mentor the next generation of PR practitioners, both men and women, as they progress through their careers. So there, there's also a trend in our industry of women launching their own PR consultancies to manage career and family obligations. So we want to make sure that these small business owners have access to the same resources that they might have at a large organization. I'm sure you, you've heard of Justin Trudeau and um, his 50-50 caucus. Uh, actually, our, our podcast actually talked about the gender equality in yes. just in general in, in, in Canada in a couple of episodes ago. And he kind of shrugged it off And when a journalist asked him, you know, why are you doing it? And he shrugged it off and he said, because it's 2015. Do you feel like this is why you've come out with this organization? This is why it's, it's, mm -hmm. it's, it's about time that we have something like this. It's 2015. Why don't we have a Canadian woman um, NPR group? Is this uh, another reason why you guys uh, decided to, to, to launch? Yes, absolutely. And I'm actually very glad you asked that question. Um, so what kind of came out of our launch event last week as well is a lot of people asked us, why do we need an organization for women in the PR field? And one of our speakers, Bridget Anderson, who's the general manager at Edelman in Vancouver, she said it perfectly. She said, we need an organization until we get to a point when there is no organization. And she also touched on Justin Trudeau's point, even though it's 2016, she said, because it's 2015. This is why we need to start having these conversations and move ahead and yes, women need 50-50 equal opportunity at the boardroom table. There's unfortunately still a huge margin where there's some large corporations that have zero women on their boards. Uh, I won't mention any company names, but I have looked up at quite a few of those. And uh, unfortunately, it still really exists. So 
So, you know, this is a great conversation, um, an important conversation to have as well. And Young PR Pros has touched on this in previous episodes. Uh, we've actually spoke about it in episode 107. So if you haven't heard that episode, head over to iTunes or to our website at youngprpros.ca and listen to that episode. We have a similar discussion and Julia Kent, who is not on today's recording, was on that recording. So you'll be able to also hear another perspective um, for, from her side as well. So uh, download that episode and check it out as well. One kind of important thing of this conversation is also role models. And and, uh, Ross, you were touching on that earlier about the importance of, you know, you connect with someone that looks like you and and that you relate with. And I guess another really important um, reason for having women in C-suite level and in upper management is so that, you know, young women who are graduating or who are just growing up and being born into the world today actually have role models to look up to so that they could actually aspire to being in the C-suite level one day. So how important do you think these role models are in, in developing experience and careers? I think that role models play a huge role. I think that if you are lucky enough to have a role model, then it's somebody that you need to hold on to and cherish because they really can help you um, navigate, like I was saying earlier, the complex world of business. It's going to be messy. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to run into a lot of different struggles. So having someone who you can talk to openly and transparently about the struggles that you're encountering on a day-to-day basis will help you in being able to navigate it more effectively. Because at the end of the day, um, there's nothing that you can go through in business. There's nothing that you can go through in life that hasn't that somebody hasn't gone through before. Uh, whether it's in a book or whether it's somebody who actually talks to you as a role model, we can gain so much perspective and help us navigate this complex world by just gaining insight from others. Um, and that's very important for me. I've had a, a wide variety of role models when I was younger. As I've grown in my career, I have had um, a few, but I would say that the majority of my role models have come through digital relationships. So I don't have somebody who I would say is right next to me on a regular basis who helps me navigate um, business, but I do rely heavily on connections via email, um, reading forums, reading blog posts. Um, and that to me is where I get a lot of what I would consider the role model um, value. In my early days of my career, I definitely had a role model in the local community um, and she helped me um, tremendously kind of navigate through university but post-university it's really been for me a lot of self-education and learning through doing but also through cold outreach to people and getting insights from um, blogs Hmm. and forums and things like that I also like that you said she your role model is a female She was, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm now on her board for, uh, she was a local Boys and Girls Club um, executive director, so she started that and she pushed me to go into university and told me all of the right things to do and kept me on the right path and it was, uh, yeah, she's very close to my heart. I think it's one of the really important things that I do want to note that a lot of the challenges and struggles you face, they feel very uh, insurmountable when you're in them, but other people have face those struggles before and succeeded. And so I think role models are really important for that. But turning that around, I think, do you guys consider yourselves role models? <laughs> so I'll jump in. I'm, I'm a type of person that doesn't necessarily you know, like to toot my own horn or talk about myself. So, I mean, naturally, when I was thinking about this question, when you were asking it earlier, I thought, nah, I'm not a role model. But at the same time, I think I do need to step back and I need to realize I am a female. I'm in middle management, not in upper management, but I am in middle management. So um, I have an employee that I, I manage. And, you know, even if maybe I'm a role model to her, maybe 
you know, who knows of the kind of people that I've, I've met and I've, I've spoken to uh, throughout my networking days and throughout, I've done a couple of talks at universities and colleges before. I, there's not necessarily, you know, one or two people that necessarily come to me every single day, but throughout kind of my life and building my career, I, I've had shared my experience with younger, younger professionals. So, you know, I don't want to walk around branding myself saying, yes, I am the role model, but I, I, I would hope that I am somewhat of a role model in showing younger girls that, you know, I, I'm, I'm not in upper management yet, but at least I'm working my way there. And I've shared the ways that I've gotten this far so far. So uh, again, I guess it's my modest, there's a very modest answer. But, uh, but yeah, I think I, I would, I would hope that I'm a role model to, to some people. I would say you are. I think that there's a lot of <laughs> listeners you, who would consider you a role model um, with the work that you're doing with this and beyond that. So, no, I will say that you definitely are. From my perspective and my role model, I've been told I am. Um, and it's something that I definitely um, hold pride in. People say that I'm their role model and that, that makes you feel good. So, um, what I consider myself a role model, I try as best as I can to provide feedback and insights to people that can help them. That is something that I try to do on a regular basis, whether it's through my blog, whether it's speaking at a elementary school, a high school, a junior high school. I do give back to the community as much as I can. Um, there's only so many hours in a day, but I do try to uh, ensure that every, every year I invest a significant amount of my time and energy into helping young people um, understand, one, the benefit of technology, and two, it doesn't matter where you are from, uh, what your background is, you can really make it in business uh, if you're willing to work hard and put in the time and energy to do it. So um, a lot of people would say that I am, um, and that to me um, keeps me going. It uh, keeps me fired up to keep trying to move the needle, and as you, we were talking about earlier close the gap yeah well I definitely think you're a role model so <laughs> I appreciate it <laughs> so one of the things that Canadian women in PR uh, is trying to combat is this chicken and egg scenarios with role models so we're talking about yes there are role models out there but we're also kind of this chicken and egg we we need role models in the c-suite so that women can aspire but we don't quite have those role models yet, so how can women, uh, women inspire? So I asked Talia about how her, organi her organization is actually trying to tackle this challenge. Now, one of the uh, kind of in, in our, our research when we were talking about gender equality, and I think Justin Trudeau also alluded to this when he was talking about why he's a feminist, um, he says that the reason why he thinks that there's not a lot of um, women in, you know, on boards or in the C-suite level is because we don't have any role models. So it's kind of this chicken and egg scenario. We don't have any women in C-suite levels, and therefore there are no women asp uh, aspiring to this, uh, to this level. How does women, uh, Canadian women PR going to help create those role models so that young women today can maybe aspire to be at that level one day? Yeah, so what our organization is creating is opportunity. New opportunities specifically for women to advance in our field and get to that C-suite level. I think that also comes out at um, speaking opportunities at events for women. Again, going back to, um, you know, panelists, there's, a, again, not a lot of women that are taking advantage of these opportunities to even be on panels. And I think that's something that also really propels women into leadership positions. It's just to kind of get out there 
and to share your voice, um, especially in the PR industry, that's so important is to, to really not be afraid of public speaking. So that's another thing we want to offer to our members is that public speaking training and also that, that media training for PR professionals. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and just to add to that, so recently I reached out to a conference organizer to find out more about speaking opportunities. And I asked them why they didn't have more women involved as keynote speakers. They answered that they couldn't find enough qualified female applicants, but they did have women involved as workshop speakers. So I just want to emphasize, they said they don't have enough qualified female applicants. Hmm. But again, you know, the reality is that we really don't have that many women in the senior leadership positions. Yeah. I guess the next thing I want to talk about then is how how can someone actually become a role model? So I, I'm going to, you know, punt this to uh, Ross. I mean, you talked um, a little bit how you invest a lot of your time in helping young professionals, but what what does some of that time look like? What do you, what do you really like, hands-on, what do you do for, for young professionals as a role model? So one of the things that a lot of people don't realize is that there are tons and tons of organizations out there that are looking for people to just help, Um, whether that's coming to a school and talking. Teachers love it when they can get somebody who's a professional in the industry actually doing the work to come in and just share their feedback, share their thoughts on what the industry is like, how they got their foot in the door. That to them is gold. They love it when you do that. The only thing is that A lot of professionals don't know that teachers want that. So you can go out and you can say to the schools, hey, if you guys ever want someone who's talking about PR, give me a shout or anyone who's interested in PR to talk to someone, let me know. I'd be happy to come into your classes and the teachers will jump on top of that. So many times I'll come into a school and I'll talk to them about entrepreneurship or I'll go to an event where um, it's an entrepreneurship focused event for um, a variety of different schools and all of the students come and they want to learn about entrepreneurship. The same thing with universities. I'll go into a university and I'll talk about entrepreneurship. I'll talk about marketing. And the way that you do it is by telling people that you are available, letting them know that you are interested, that you would be happy to help in any way. um, And then they'll find room to make that an option. Once you start doing these events, you're going to start seeing emails coming into your inbox, tweets coming into your Twitter stream of people asking for advice, asking for feedback. And the only thing that you have to do is do something. Um, You have to respond. You have to be there when those people have questions. And by doing that, you become a role model because you're offering your time, your experience to these people, which are ultimately allowing them to navigate again this crazy world called business more effectively. Mm -hmm. So if I was to say, how do you become a role model? You just jump into it. You jump into opportunities with nonprofits, with schools, um, look for local organizations, whether it's uh, a ladies learning code event and you want to volunteer your time there, uh, whatever it maybe there's tons of programs and organizations out there that you can be a part of uh, sites like meetup.com offer a handful of resources where you can do a search for um, PR and you can find these organizations you can find these groups and then ultimately you can connect with them and then offer your insights and experience that can lead to role model opportunities Definitely, yeah. I, I, I'm glad that you mentioned the meetup.com because I've I've connected with um, several organizations in my local area, which is just you know 
bunch of women coming together to talk about marketing or, you know, a, a bunch of young professionals coming in to talk about, you know, how to learn HTML code or something like that. It's, um, it's a great tool. But I think just in general, you know, becoming a, a role model is, is, is how do you work. It's working with public relations and communications professionals and also just looking at the next generation. So looking at those young professionals and seeing if there's any way to help. And it could be speaking events or it could just be in, in kind of what I do a lot is I just respond to emails. <laughs> I get emailed all the right, time from, yeah. uh, from young professionals asking me about questions and, and uh, I, I, I respond as, as, as uh, honestly and, and as thoroughly as possible. And I think one of the other things that people can do that they often overlook is creating content that will hit a larger audience. So we all have Facebook, we all have Twitter. Tweet out links that are valuable to people that you think university grads would be interested in. Share it on your LinkedIn. That on its own is providing value and will help you um, kind of build those relationships like a role model should. Definitely. So Talia and I talked about this specifically, and we looked at some of the things that our listeners can take away and put into action, and especially young graduate males or females. So you're a, I'm assuming, you're a female um, in an organization and a professional in the public relations and communications field. What are your suggestions for maybe some of the young women listeners right now who are, who are listening to you and, and who are nodding their head and agreeing, yes, you know, we should have more women at the C-suite level, and, but maybe, again, maybe we don't have that idol. What's, what's the first step, especially if I'm a young professional just out of, of university um, or, or college? What, what, do I, what do I do to try to help women get higher up in, in the PR industry? Yeah, so I think, um, again, you're just coming out of university. One of the most important things that you can do is start networking because if you don't network, you don't exist, and opportunities will not come your way. So, again, you, you want to network. You want to find opportunities for mentorship. Really try to connect with other women and men in the industry and just ask them, just straight out ask them how they got to a position that maybe you want to be in a position similar to that when you graduate. Uh, I think. How did you get to your position? How, well, again, through <laughs> how I got to my position. So, um, again, just through kind of just really watching and trying to emulate successful business women, I would say is a huge part of it. I'm actually the only person in my family that ever went to university. Um, and I now have a master's degree in international relations, uh, something that I worked really hard to achieve. And again, just through really building my network, um, I've been able to come across a lot of opportunities that I wouldn't have otherwise been able to come across because not everybody posts these job opportunities. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we, we've talked about that in, in previous episodes, that uh, it's, it's, it's not um, about what you know in our industry. Um, it's kind of about who mm -hmm. you know, but even more importantly, it's about who knows you. I just wanted to add that I think what other people can do as you're building your career is you really also need to build your personal brand. Um, and in PR, that's really important because there's so many women and men that do PR. But what does that really mean to you specifically? Um, so as an example, as I was saying, you know, I went on and I, I did my master's degree in international relations. And so something that I specialize in is global public relations. Um, so yeah, just bring your unique skill set. And again, when you're networking and someone asks you what you do, maybe then that's a really good talking point. 
you know, you could tell them, oh, I'm really good at video, um, or I'm, I'm really good at working in um, the technology space. Uh, so now we're, we're wrapping up. So um, Claire, did you want to jump in and, and talk with about what uh, your lessons learned? Yeah, I think my main takeaway from this episode, which I think is really, it's a really cool issue. And it's really powerful that a lot of people are coming together in Canada to create these organizations to offer help to people young and old who are trying to create these careers. So um, I think there's a lot of help out there. And there's a lot of cool groups to get involved with. What about you, Ross? What's your lesson learned? My lesson is that there's a lot more for us to do, um, but at the same time, I think that we are making great progress. And I believe truly from the bottom of my heart that this is the generation that's going to make the biggest changes in the workforce. So I'm excited, um, but there's still a lot of work for us to do. My lesson learned was that there is so much I think everyone can do, and I think everyone on this call is actually doing it. Um, we are all feminists, and uh, whatever that definition may mean for you. But I think the importance and and, and knowing that there's uh, this this gender gap and and this gap in in C-suite levels uh, for women in uh, public relations, I think it's important that you know we're talking about this issue, and that all we need to do at this point is encourage young female professionals to aspire to be CEOs and directors and, you know, uh, get into those higher level uh, positions. And I think from my perspective, I'm just going to keep trying to be, you know, a role model and continue to connect with young female professionals and encourage them to aspire to 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 go to the to that next level and, and to go higher. And also to my point earlier, not just young females, but anyone of any sort of diverse background, I think we need to make sure that the C-suite really reflects what our country looks like. So really, really great uh, lesson learned, and, and thanks everyone for for joining us. That's this brings us to the um, the end of our episode, and thank you again to uh, Talia and uh, Canadian Women in PR for bringing this really important topic to us. I'm really excited that we were able to revisit this topic uh, for the second time. Um, one last thing before we go, uh, I want to remind everyone that uh, Talia, kind of a, a call to action to everyone who's listening to this episode, head over to their Twitter account, Woman. Um, in PR, uh, Canadian Women in PR's Twitter account, and uh, vote for where they should go next. So they launched in British Columbia, but where is the next chapter going to be? If you think it should be in your city, head over to their Twitter account and vote for what what city should see this organization next. So I'm definitely going to go and I'm going to vote for Ottawa and hopefully we'll see them in Ottawa very soon. So thanks everyone again. Uh, if you have any uh, comments about today's episode or ideas for future episodes, we'd love to hear from you. You can send us an email at youngprpros at gmail.com or you can post a message on our website at youngprpros.ca. Catch us on Facebook at facebook.com slash youngprprospodcast or on Twitter at youngprpros. Thanks everyone and we'll talk to you soon. This week's episode featured music from Poddington Bear.